Duty and P. No, that's not it. My pussy matters! Sure do. It sure do matter. Reagan, does your pussy matter? Does matter. Oops. You know what else matters? Uh, Corned beef? Oh, no, that doesn't matter. Hagatha, the roach queen's roaches matter. Oh, my God. I had such drama with Hagatha today on the Telegram. Oh, no. What happened? Are people still being mean to her? People, well... (laughs) She said something in the Telegram. So the deal is um, that we made a truce because we, she she agreed, um, she won't be racist. No, no, I can't remember now. No, it was no Holocaust jokes in exchange for no AIDS jokes, right? I yeah, think that's I, what I heard that on the ground. But then yesterday she said like some awful um, Holocaust joke, or some awful no. She basically said that Aboriginals are ugly people and an inferior race. <laughs> <laughs> she said so i said i was like you can't do that so then it all just crashed after that and then she she just went awful she just went to horrible places and um it was horrible but so she's in the back Telegram now. group go after her after she made that comment oh it's just it's just it was so gripping that i really didn't want to tear myself away from the chat just to come to this because it was getting really just good I don't, I don't, I can't even say too much because she'll be so upset that she'll, she's being a prima donna and she'll be like, I'm not going to do the show anymore, which is really fine. Cause God, I don't, you know, God knows I never have content anyway, but everybody no, wants I, to know I, how I the roach the Hagatha grums. And you, I was yeah. thinking about them okay. philosophically in relation to your, your, your body of work, my body. right? Yeah. On, on your, my body <laughs> uh, on East Radio. And yeah, my body. Mm. The reason why you have her on the show so much recently is to me the counterpoint for why you decided to distance yourself from Cheryl, Cheryl and mm. Debbie on the Grum, which was that you felt that they were hijacking your show. And so it wasn't about, like, Madge wasn't centered. Madge was totally decentered, and it became all about phone calls. Well, it wasn't Debbie. Debbie and Cheryl. It was just Cheryl, but otherwise point taken, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is more of in the spirit of maybe when Cheryl first came on your mm-hmm. show, where you were still centered in East Radio. Mm-hmm. See, I should really be, I should teach entire college courses on East Radio, East mm-hmm. Radio 101. Yes, you should. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yes, yes. So I'm in, I'm enjoying. Well, the story arc of Hagatha and her roaches is fascinating, and that's why I'm conceding to her demands so often. Like, okay, no AIDS jokes, whatever. But it's it's not because I agree with her crazy hypocritical attitude, where like I can make I can say black people are inferior race, but you can't make jokes about AIDS. It's because it's not because I find that a worthwhile argument because it's not it's because everybody wants to know when the roaches are coming back and and to what extent and we need to see what happens and they're already back i mean she said she had like two or three already in the new house she didn't so you're follow basically your negotiating with a terrorist you are doing uh, yeah, the roach queen yes yeah. it's like hagatha's roaches are britney griner 
Okay. Now you've lost me. But well, because that's what the, the that's what we want back, right? Yeah. That we want stories about Hagatha's roaches. <laughs> we need to know how this saga ends. Yeah. Hagatha is the Russian government, mm-hmm. and you're like Biden. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. Biden. See, well, I did have COVID last week. Mm. That's Congratulations. true. Congratulations! Is it your first time to have it? Second. No. I had second. Second. Okay. So how times. was it? Amazing. Totally cool. I will say this, like. Yeah, I, I had it. I got it in Canada because we had this horrible family vacation, which turned into a super spreader, which is fine. But the thing is, um, it made me so appreciative. This is the good thing about being sick is it makes me so appreciative of not being sick. It really does. Like last week, it's, I wasn't that sick. I didn't have I, it was definitely mild. All really. The only thing wrong with me was I just had very, very low energy. I couldn't stay awake. I went to, yeah, I like napped half the day and get any work done. And it was like, and I didn't really feel valid. I'm like, is this psychological? Like it was such a vague illness. But when I, but this, but when I finally tested negative on Saturday and then today, this week I've been working, like being back to normal makes me realize, oh, thank God. I forgot what it, it made me less depressed because it makes me realize, oh, feeling normal is actually really cool. Like I don't. I, I was I was taking it for granted and being sick makes me take it forget to take it for granted for a while, I guess. I one hundred percent relate to what you're saying and mm-hmm. it's amplified when you are like me and you have OCD because right. every single time I get sick, I fixate on the thought, Oh gosh, I never appreciate it when I'm not feeling exactly. congested or mm-hmm. have a headache or and then and then I get so anal about trying to avoid being sick. Like yeah. this is how bad it is. So there's this place that I go to called Carney's. Um it's a hot dog place on Sunset <laughs> and I love it. Carney Wilson. A, it's community pen. Oh. So when you're paying with a credit card so I bring my own pen. What does that mean, community pen? Oh, you mean it's a shared pen, like physically? Shared pen. Oh. Yeah. So, like, if you mm. were before me with your COVID mm-hmm. and you signed, <laughs> then I picked it up. And and the thing oh is, is God. it's all like hand to mouth food. It's a chili cheese dog. It's fries. <laughs> so I used to get super hardcore anxiety about yeah. going there, even though I love the food. And then I thought, oh, I'll bring my own pen. Wow. That's it. That was the solution. Problem solved. That's amazing. So that's OCD. I thought I had OCD because of my audio buzzing issues, but I don't have, like, I never even thought about a community pen. It never occurred to me that that should bother me ever, but I don't oh, really feel like that. I, yeah, I don't care. You have misophonia, yeah. which by the way, I yeah. told you, I have misophonia too. Mm-hmm. I know we have other things to discuss, yeah. but I think this is important to share with you yeah. because Maybe we're related in some way, but I did 23 and <laughs> Me at the beginning of mm-hmm. uh, COVID. Yeah. And do you know what it told me? That you're misophonic. It told me that Hagatha has AIDS. <laughs> and, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding, so, Hagatha. see, now, I don't think now she's going to make me fire AIDS you or... and delete this show just so we can find out what happens with roaches. Okay. So, uh, yeah, one of the things that it tests for is misophonia. Yeah. And I've always been annoyed by things like pens clicking yeah or uh, when my when i had my big ocd breakdown luckily my mom was in town so she took me emergency appointment to see a psychiatrist Mm -hmm. and we're just waiting in the waiting room right and she opens up her purse because women can't just sit and be still 
right? right? It, it, it blows my right. mind. Like if you are waiting for a woman to back out of a parking space, she will first, and she sees mm. you. Yeah, she sees always the rear view, you, yeah, the makeup, and a yeah. line of people behind you waiting yeah. for her. To, she's like, you know what? I'm gonna take out this Werther's original. Oh, here's a receipt, yes. mm-hmm. and then she starts crackling the receipt, and that's what my mom was doing. Mm-hmm. And it was driving me up the wall. And so the psychiatrist, when we finally got up there, he's like, you keep giving your mother a very dirty look. You should not do that. And it's the misophonia. And what really clicked for me, because you've talked about having it, and misophonia is basically when you're just sensitive to sound. Right. Like in the way that if you don't have misophonia, if somebody's crinkling a piece of paper, you just mm. let it go. You think, okay, that's annoying, but whatever, I'll tune it out. Right. When you have misophonia, you can't tune it out. You begin fixating on it, and it's all you can think about. Mm-hmm. And Sarah Silverman, who is also Jewish, suffers from misophonia. Mm. To, and she talks about it on our podcast all the time, to the point where... Mm-hmm. She will tell complete strangers. Let's say she's in a waiting room and somebody starts crinkling paper or, or I'm the worst in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. Oh, when people start with oh, the boxes oh, and the no. bags and oh, the chewing no. of the gum uh-huh. and chewing ice. Uh-huh. And the, it's miserable for me. Movie theaters should not have concession stands. I agree. It is ridiculous. Nobody should ever eat in a movie theater ever. Madge, there was one time I went to go see a movie Mm-hmm. And my hand to God, there was a family there that brought in shelled pistachios. Oh. And oh. I thought I was going to oh. lose it. So, um, yeah. So, anyways, Sarah Silverman will yeah. actually interrupt people and say, look, this is not you. This is me. I suffer from this. And yeah. can you please, just please help me out because I will go berserk. Well, the worst thing is these new movie theaters. Well, I haven't been in a movie theater in ages, but they have new ones where you eat there and they come over and deliver like a bucket of chicken to somebody. And then they're eating like chicken wings and French fries. And then you have the smellophonia too. Anyway, just so, so the 23 and me confirmed this. Is that the, is that yeah, the, 23? It's one of the, so like uh, they, they, um, they search for a bunch of stuff like yeah. your, uh, how likely are you to blush or get Bloated, if you get bloated. Did, is there a bloat gene? I have that. I don't know. Because my sister tested, and she's like telling me her 23andMe. She says, she showed me the report. It said misophonia. No. I said, you don't have misophonia? She's like, no, I, I don't mind that. I'm like, you mean when our father chewed all those times that never bothered you? No. No, it never bothered I thought, how can that be? You just triggered me. Yeah. I mean, you just triggered me because my when I would sit down with my dad yeah. and he was such a loud eater, everything yeah. was a smack and a, a crunch and I could hear everything and I would give him dirty looks yeah. and he would get really upset with me because mm-hmm. I looked at him with disgust, which I get, like looking at the situation objectively, mm-hmm. but neither of us realize, like, and I would think to myself, God, I'm such an yeah, asshole. I know exactly. I'm such a wonderful dad and I'm giving him right. a dirty look. Right. But it. Well, let me tell you what happened to me because, and, and then we'll finally start the real topic. I promise almost, not really. <laughs> but so in 2008, my, my parents took me on a trip to, um, to South America, like a birthday gift for a big zero birthday. And after, and, you know, so it was the three of us eating in various restaurants all the time, con- every day, you know. And I was the same thing, the misophonia. So everywhere we go, my father eat, and he was the worst eater. So, oh, no. And I would just look at him and stare like, a, I'm a crazy person. I was just 
angry the whole time because of it, because of that. And that was the only reason just because of that eating that noise. It made it, it it ruined me. So after the trip, like a few weeks back, he came to visit me, like had the serious conversations. The person he always had a build up in his head to have this confrontation. I saw you were very, it seemed like you really didn't like me. And I was very upset that we can't connect and blah, 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 all this father's daughter shit, because I am a daughter. And I, I couldn't tell him why. I couldn't just tell him. It's just your eating noise. I couldn't tell him. So I made up this whole convoluted story about AA and how it was. And I basically made it a fourth step, which is when you when you uh, do a fearless searching moral inventory. And I, I don't even remember what I told him, but it was all bullshit. It was all just a lie just to make him feel like, oh, it's not your fault. It's me. It's because of my, you know, drug use and all this nonsense. It, would have, it was bullshit. It was all the eating noise. That's all it was. And I don't know why I couldn't just admit it. Well, because we don't have, I mean, look at how long you talked about misophonia mm-hmm. when I would make a fun of you and I called it like mesothelioma and mm-hmm. uh, all of that stuff. And I had it too. And I never connected <laughs> the dots. And that's why I appreciate Sarah Silverman's approach yeah. where she owns it. She tells people. And in, in a sense, you made things a lot more convoluted in your mm-hmm. explanation to your father. But the kernel of truth and what you told him was it is not you. It is me. Right. And and if you if we had had this conversation mm-hmm. prior to the two of you having that conversation, you would probably be better able to articulate. Like there's a scientific well, reason. I would have just. And it sounds ridiculous to say it's the sound you make when you eat, but he would take like an hour to. Eat. I mean, this is when we're kids. He would take an like an what seemed like an hour to eat one potato chip. He would take one potato chip and just like. Oh, and it's just torture. And it's torture. And I'm just like. Every crunch. And every crunch. Right. And it was like, it was like Abu Ghraib, you know, Guantanamo Bow, Guantanamo Bay, whatever. Just that entire chip. And I'm like, oh, and then the chip would end. And I'm like, oh, please let God let that be the last chip. And then another one. Oh, oh, no. At the movie theater when somebody, yeah. if I'm eating somebody, and they always have, it's not yeah. just like a little, like if you look at popcorn that they gave out uh-huh. in like the 1920s to go see a silent movie, it's like this little, yeah. little thing, little container of popcorn. They're huge now. Oh, they call goodness. them tubs of popcorn. And I think, okay, it had like, disgusting. my friend Lenny would get the biggest thing of popcorn and the entire time yeah. I cannot concentrate on the movie. Oh. I just kind of shuffling the thing. Uh-huh. And then finally, because you can tell by the noise when it's getting close to the bottom of the tub, right? Yeah. Um, and then I'd be like, okay, it's it's almost over. It's almost over. And then he opens oh, up no. his drink so he can then start crunching the ice. I'm oh, like, no. But it. I thought you were going to say he's eating the kernels because some people eat the kernels. You know what I mean? Oh, no. That's awful. When they eat the kernels, they're like, <coughs> oh. So, well, one more thing before we start talking about the economy, <laughs> and it's kind of related. Yeah. And it's it's related to food. Here's another thing that drives me. It's more visual. Okay. It's like if somebody's eating something mm-hmm. and then a crumb gets stuck to their cheek mm-hmm. or it's on their finger or something, mm-hmm. it's irrational. But it's like the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Is it worse than the mesothelioma for you? Or is it oh, um. 
I maybe not because mm. I think it's easier to tell somebody, hey, you have something on your cheek yeah. than it is to say when you chew, it is the most awful thing. But doesn't but, everybody get see, this is where I normalize my own shit, because like when you're telling me this, I've never really thought about it, but I'm thinking, of course, it's I mean, of course, you're going to obsess on it until they remove the thing. Isn't that normal? I mean, who maybe, would not? Well, see, this becomes a, a le- level know. of degree right. thing. So when I would smoke pot, because I'm, it's a not reefer a pot allergy, but that's what my psychiatrist told me that I should try to communicate it to people. Mm-hmm. But I have, um, there's like point something percent of the population, like mm-hmm. a fraction, right, of the population that has that wigs out that uh, marijuana is anxiety inducing it triggers underlying anxiety disorders. And I'm not just talking about Mm. the garden variety um, anxiety that people sometimes get called like the fear whenever they smoke pot where they get paranoid, Mm -hmm. you know, like the cliche of like, Oh, I'm suddenly paranoid, but I would hear people talk about getting paranoid when they smoked Mm. pot once in a while. So I mistakenly thought, that what I was experiencing, which was debilitating anxiety, was mm. in the same category. So I think for, yeah, for a lot of people, they may look at be like, oh, gosh, Madge, you have a piece of couscous on your cheek or something. Mm. For me, it's next level. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I have it that that level. It just, it bugs me, but I'll, it doesn't end my world like the mesothelioma does. Yeah, they're the both same. pretty bad for me. Mm-hmm. Lucky. Lucky but you know what you. else is bad? This economy, this economy. <laughs> you're all gonna die poor soon. Um, right. So, yeah, just I'll let you guide this because you've you've been the, the one to sort of. So, uh, yeah. as many of you know, mm-hmm. uh, Biden had two pieces of legislation that he wanted to get through at the very beginning of his presidency, and one of them was um, Build Back Better which would address uh, various climate-related initiatives and also try to reform some of the tax codes so that rich people would start having to pay their taxes. You may remember there was that great moment between Trump and Clinton when they debated where she she was pressing him on his tax returns and how much taxes he's paid. And he's like, yeah, dumb, dumb. Of course, I'm not paying this stuff because you people have never made me. That's so right. who's really at fault? And as much as I dislike Trump, it, I, that moment resonated with a lot of people. Not that he was ever going to fix that problem. <laughs> but um, so it seemed like everything was dead in the water uh, in, in terms of the build back better part of what Biden was trying to push. And uh, Mansion, as we know, was kind of a holdout, Mansion and Cinema. And it turns out that Mansion wasn't saying no. He was saying, not right now. Let's wait and see how things in the economy play out. Mm-hmm. And the larger Democratic messaging was to villainize Mansion because of this and yeah. to take his maybe as a no. Okay. So nobody expected that any of this was going to get passed. And then there were still there was still work being done behind the scenes with Manchin. And um, as the employment numbers or unemployment numbers kept 
becoming released. And as we got to learn more information about where our inflation numbers were, suddenly um, they were able to work a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and and part of this deal is Mansion is very beholden to the um, the natural gas industry. Yeah. And uh, and he's made a lot of money off them, a lot of money off them. So and his daughter has some money. relationship with with that too, right? What doesn't his daughter have some relation with uh, an energy industry? Is it a coal company or something like that? I'm not sure. It is a coal company, mm-hmm. and it's like uh, if if memory serves me, because I listened to an episode of the Daily several mm-hmm. months ago about this. I don't remember anything about the daughter, mm-hmm. but I do remember that. There's a type of fuel that was being produced and it wasn't that cost effective because it produced all this like really toxic waste. Mm-hmm. But then they found a way to turn the waste into like a form of energy as well. Mm-hmm. But it's really not good. <laughs> like it's not yeah. like any type of like clean energy that right. you would want to invest Cancer in. Cancer gas. Yay. But he has made a ton of money working in, he's like, in bed mm-hmm. with these people sure. um, in his state doing it. So the way that they were able to get what's now called the Inflation Reduction Act yes. uh, passed is by making concessions for building a gas pipeline in his state. So Madge and I decided to have a conversation because we were uh, on her okay. show because we were having a discussion on um, Messenger or whatever it's called, text messaging. Because AOL. a lot of people may not know about some of the intricacies of this bill, what it yeah. actually means, because it's not really about inflation reduction. So um, I need a I second, because speaking of mesothelioma, my neighbors are being very loud. I have to close my window. So feel free to vamp. Okay. Um, yeah, so it seems like calling it the Inflation Reduction Act is just kind of like the Biden administration's okay. way of trying to make it seem like it's addressing some type of problem that mm-hmm. is uh, defining the status quo right now, which is inflation. Okay. But it, it will actually contribute to inflation for the next couple of years. And then it will bring inflation down, I think, by 0.1% every year. Okay. But it's it's an oddly named. So I want to mention my um, conspiracy theory slash prediction before we go further, which I have mentioned on other shows, but nobody listens to most of them. Uh, but since you're on, I'll get a slightly different audience. But my prediction, which I realize might be insane, and I'm usually wrong, is that I believe that the reason Manchin um, did the deal when he did is I I think they gave him a deal to replace Biden in 24 as the candidate. I don't see any other l- convincing reason why he would do such a, a, a 180. Now, I heard what you said, and that's... You know, that it's more about timing. And and I get that that's his explanation, but I don't buy it. I think that as a politician, he needs, you know, he's in it for the power. He's in it for the money. And they had to give him something big to flip on this. And I think they offered him the presidency in 24. As crazy as that sounds, it's almost embarrassing to say it. I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, I don't that's I don't think that's what it is. I I put down some notes here Mm -hmm. and um, so this legislation was secured uh, when Democratic leaders agreed to speed up a separate measure to speed up the permit process for energy infrastructure 
and that would make it a lot easier to build a gas pipeline in West Virginia. But there's also what is but isn't there like 600 or something million acres or some not humongous number of acres of of federal land they're giving to um oil companies to drill? So uh, the bill would require the Interior Department to hold lease sales for oil and glass, gas exploration in the Gulf of Mexico and the Cook Inlet in Alaska. So it's water. in wa- It's all water-based? Yes, I believe so. Lube? Like lube? Lube. Okay, lube. so but but so they are... So, okay, so... Where, oh, uh, yeah. oh let, actually, let's go back to your mm-hmm. prediction. Okay. I don't necessarily think that this will, because this really changes the trajectory of Biden's presidency. Mm-hmm. Right? This, this is a pretty yes. massive uh, accomplishment, okay. success for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, it may be that they'll switch out Kamala, who is mm-hmm. not popular as a vice president, with somebody like Manchin, mm-hmm. and that might appeal, let's say that DeSantis becomes the Republican nominee, mm-hmm. it might be easier to get. Okay, but if that happens, that still equals me being right, even though it's not exactly what I said, because Vice President. Yeah, oh, course. yeah, some concession <laughs> being made. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, Mayor Pete dropping out of the race. Yeah. Like Mayor Pete was obviously promised oh, of course. a cabinet position. So. Right. Um, what what interests me, one of the things, there's a lot of things that interest me. What interests me is when you say it's a big win for Biden, and it's not just you, a lot of people say that, and I agree. Politically, it is. But I want to separate that and say, okay, we. it's pretty clear it's a big win for Biden politically, but is it a big win for America? Is it a big win for the, for, uh, the planet, mainly in terms of climate change? Is yes. it a big win for people in general? For the, that's what I want to know. Or, yes, because I, I know I you can so. rationalize and these things. Like I know that the they do these number crunches where they can say, "Well, we're get." I, I'm I'm particularly concerned about, and and I'm I'm happy about it. First of all, overall, from what I know, from a little, hopefully, I'll learn more today. But I, you know, I'm feeling pretty positive about. It, I will say, but at the same time, I, I'm still concerned because I I'm concerned about all these concessions to these oil companies because. I don't know, like, really? Are they just twit playing with numbers to make it seem like it's still a net gain for the planet? Or Because that sounds really awful that they would be increasing fossil fuel production when that's the antithesis of, I mean, that's what causes climate change. It's just, it's counterintuitive in a huge way to me. Well, so, th- yeah, there there is a little bit of uh, discordance in this bill mm-hmm. and so far as the concessions that are made. But those I think are more secular, they're more time-based mm-hmm. because the bill overwhelmingly puts uh, so much emphasis on newer energy forms about building more infrastructure for that, giving people tax credits to get solar panels and energy efficient cars. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we can, if you want to, cause I bullet pointed some of the things that I think are pretty awesome sure. that this does. I just want to make sure started with some criticism. That, that's that's fine. We can do that. I just want to make sure that in that we get to that that what we talked about with that crapo yes. the crapo yeah. guy and all that. Yeah. I mean, some of this stuff we're going to just be okay. like, oh, this is good. As yeah, long as we, we don't skip that, that's fine. Yeah. So, I, um, the, one of the most significant parts of this leg- legislation deals with healthcare, and it. Um, allows Medicare to negotiate lower drug prices. 
U.S. Americans currently pay two to three times more for uh, the same drugs than people in other wealthy countries. And part of this is because for the past 20 years, the U.S. government has had no power to or they've been literally prohibited from Mm -hmm. uh, negotiating with pharmaceutical companies. So what happens is when our government does this, then this will affect healthcare costs across our pharmaceutical costs across the board. So that's really great. Um, The the one thing that sucks is, as most people know, there was a, um, a proposed cap for insulin that would cap out-of-pocket costs for insulin for people who need it to $35 a month, and Republicans got it back. Okay, but I'm confused about this because I thought I read that the, the drugs that it covers is extremely limited. It only covers like 10 drugs or something. I don't know. I, 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 I don't That know was my that. understanding, and I could have misread it, but I thought that it only covers like like these 10 very, very expensive drugs like Keytruda and all the ones you see on TV, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, it what and it also is delayed in in how long it takes, and it I think it caps the 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 maximum you can pay at two thousand. So I guess there's probably both. So I think there's that's probably yeah, what it is. There's two parts though. to it. Yeah, I'm just thinking out loud. I think it's, it sounds like it, the the price negotiation only covers I believe, and you maybe I'm wrong. Only covers like ten or twelve drugs, but they're also putting in the maximum a person can pay out of pocket for drugs, which is two thousand. So in that, that is very significant, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. For, for older Americans. Mm-hmm. So th- it's estimated that that would save. But why, um, why couldn't they get the insulin thing? A year. Why couldn't I not? Why? How are Republicans able to block the insulin, but not the rest of it? I don't get that. I don't understand that either. Hmm. I, I don't understand that. But And why should it? To me, $35 is too much. I mean, it's life-sustaining medication should be free. I know. I Well, and one of the things that I've heard mm-hmm. uh Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, say mm-hmm. is that he wants the state of California to start producing insulin, yeah, kind of like an afford thinking, great. which I think is I love um, would, would be tremendous. Yeah. Um, okay. Another thing related to health care is that mm. it would extend uh, Affordable Care Act subsidies yeah. through 2025 because they were scheduled to expire. Mm-hmm. Um, and this would prevent 3 million people from becoming uninsured. Right. So that's- but and- it's also a, I, and I, I mean, this is very incrementalist, but it's also a very neoliberal thing. These subsidies are basically, it's a, it's a corporate giveaway is what it is. I mean, let's call it what it is. That money is going to Blue Cross. It's going to Aetna. It's going to Cigna, United Healthcare. That's who gets that money. Normally, the, 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 um, the people would pay it. Yeah, that's true. But they're going to get more because more people are going to be able to afford it. So it's kind of a scam to me. But I do appreciate the overall effect. I mean, it's incrementalist. All of this is incremental improvements with the hope that maybe we will have universal health care someday, I guess. I'm skeptical of it until I saw the, how incrementalism worked very well for the Republicans and how they were able to overturn Roe using that strategy. So I don't know. Well, it kind of reminds me of when Apple first had uh, the deal with AT&T. And so, yeah. you know, you're getting this cutting edge yeah. smartphone technology mm-hmm. and it's being subsidized, but you're still paying for it. Right. You know, they find all of these ways to nickel and dime you and to trap mm-hmm. you into these contracts. And it's just so much of this money that we're paying is being sucked. It's just being siphoned out by these co- corporate profits. It's just whatever. 
Well, okay. but this bill addresses some yeah. of that too. Okay. Um, so another part of the bill that I think is really mm-hmm. tremendous in terms of healthcare costs is that the act prevents drug companies from hiking Medicare prices above the rate of inflation. Okay, is that all all drug prices or just for that select set? It just says drug companies. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay, so uh, the I guess now we can move on to some of the energy stuff. Yeah, uh, because this stuff is a little bit more. I, I mean, I would just conclude and say I think a lot of this stuff needs to be fact checked in a way that these statements are very broad, and I think like how I, I hope there's some good reporting that's going to come out to, to explain like hopefully the daily will get into detail on this stuff and just say like okay I, we really need to see how this stuff works in practice you know like there's too many questions I, I that need to be answered still well yeah I, and i'm doing this podcast i mm-hmm. think is super helpful because then what it does is we can i mean we only thought to start asking questions mm-hmm. about Let's go ahead and skip to the IRS. Would it stuff, would it be because... helpful if I do active listening like Michael Barbaro does when he interviews? Oh, yeah. on the deal? Uh, mm-hmm. 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 And, and then the people who fill in for him mm-hmm. do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of like SCTV. I don't know if you ever saw that in the seventies. You're probably too young, but there was a show called SCTV, which was just wonderful. Second City TV, and they used to have this fake Merv Griffin. And Merv Griffin, they they had like a fake Merv Griffin. Every time his audience would say something, he, or his uh, subject would say something, he'd go, ooh, ooh, we'll be right back. Actually, we'll right you back. do that with Hagatha a lot, too. Do I? Like, you want Hagatha to finish with a story, yeah. so, and you're like, uh-huh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah uh-huh, she won't stop uh-huh. talking ever, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's actually skip down to the IRS stuff because we can always go back up to the environmental stuff. Or we used to in say fact, that. the environmental stuff is really not all that interesting. We've already kind of discussed it. I mean, to me, the thing that I think is the coolest part is that at least it gets us in the step reversing course from Trump's administration where we are no longer part of the Paris Accords, where we don't care, like yeah. we're back to reducing yeah. emissions i um, want to get to the part that makes and me tax angry. credits for yeah. like if i want to get an, a tesla yeah it was um, interesting oh, too a, as another a, interesting thing yeah. is the tax credits only i think really come into play if you're buying a clean vehicle that was manufactured in north america which is an important step because then it moves production jobs back to the united states good you know this is an aside but it's really interesting but i found out and it was from it, it was like real reporting. It wasn't fake news, but I don't remember who it was from. But they were invested. Somebody who follows Tesla, a reporter who's followed Tesla for years, they said that Tesla's profits are in danger of going down a lot because the reason, so they get a lot of, you know, that their profits mostly are come from these tax credits, right, for the electrical cars. But what I didn't know is that those tax credits are paid by the other car companies because they can't produce electrical cars. They're, they're credits. So the re- so all of Tesla's credits come from co- companies like Ford and General Motors because they don't make enough cars. So they have to pay. It's like a carbon credit. They have to pay Tesla, and they're the ones making the electric cars. So as, as GM and Ford, those others catch up, Tesla loses money because they don't have to pay as much money to them. It's really interesting. Yeah, I've also heard that a lot of these companies have already caught up to Tesla. Exactly. I think what yeah. 
the advantage that Tesla has mm. is that they are so slick with their design features. Yeah. Like when you sit in a Tesla, it, it it's impressive. But right? I'm talking it, just about the profit, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, and Tesla as a, a company, lot of people complain like about Wall Tesla Street though. Like it doesn't work right with. Now. Yeah, but it doesn't like work well with on the iPhone. Like you can't. It doesn't have CarPlay, for example. I don't know about. I'm not rich enough for a Tesla, but whatever. I don't drive anyway. Okay, so let's Stock talk cuts. about the um, economy. Now, this is yeah. where we'll have some, as they would say in debate, they have some, we're going to have some clash. Spirit of debate. Disagreement. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. Um, some Jerry Blank. Let's start with the less controversial stuff. So mm -hmm. the first thing, as we know, uh, and, and as we previewed like donald trump's statement that hey of course i'm not going to pay taxes if you write tax code in such a way that allows me mm. to take advantage of it so the bill will force companies that make at least a billion dollars in profit annually to pay 15 percent minimum tax I'm paying all this. <laughs> perfect perfect <laughs> And so I did some math, and I think these numbers are a what, little bit. What is the minimum now? Is there a minimum now? What are we? I mean, fifteen percent from where? From the, we don't have one. Amazon pays zero dollars in taxes. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. In fact, there's. You know, you can go yeah. online. And you can just Google. It. I'll do it later, actually. Um, and uh, I'll. But give as you, like, I understand it, and I'm going to be taxes. I. I, I but. As I understand it, the reasons they don't pay tax, the way the loophole that they use, like particularly with Amazon, is by reducing their profitability by expanding and spanning and by by growing their business so so much. In other words, they're they're spending money on things that are tax deductible, which involve growing exactly. the company. So I wonder and if there will be we some talked about this yeah. a, a bit over text message. So one mm -hmm. of the things that I've learned as I've done my deep dive in housing over the past several months is that for a lot of these investors and real estate, it can be um, more profitable to buy a real estate property and let it sit empty sure. because then you get to write off that loss. Absolutely. It's like an inverted uh, capital we gains. We have a big problem with that here in Chicago. We have a lot of empty storefronts for that. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. In fact, one of the things that, because I live in the heart of West Hollywood mm -hmm. and all of these gay bars, their landlords were like, well, if you can't pay the rent, get out of here. And, you know, mm -hmm. we don't want you. And I was just like, oh, that's so awful. Like gay bars that have been around 50 years are now having to shut really? their doors because they can't they can't stay open for business because of the pandemic. So is that where you live and in that, the gay gay part of Hollywood, like the super gay part with the bars? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, one of the things that you learn is that, no, actually, that these wealthy real estate investors can make mm -hmm. money based off the way they write things off. And this right. is why Trump's businesses yeah, yeah. are always so controversial. Um, like the New York Times did a really big piece on him where they showed that how he talks out of both sides of his mouth. So mm -hmm. when he's trying to secure money from investors, he amplifies all of his successes and all of the ways that he's profitable. But then when he's writing his taxes, he makes it seem like all his businesses do are bleed money. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so which is it? But the tax code is written in such a way where it's like um, you can tell two tales when it comes time to write your taxes. And that's what a lot of these businesses do. And the tax code is written. It's designed in such a way to allow these multi-billion dollar companies to do it. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to pay their fair share. Meanwhile, the the small businesses, like I would say my spouse who sits and has an Amazon selling business, doesn't have the sort of resources, just me, to be able to have all these creative loopholes. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You would need somebody who is a tax specialist, you know, somebody who comes in and they have teams of these people with PhDs who are like, oh, you know, here's how we're going to shuffle things around. Here's how it's. um, I have TurboTax. If it makes you more money to buy a new asset. Right. Even if that asset is bleeding and you're able to write things off, wouldn't you rather have an asset that will soon appreciate over time? And that's what Amazon has been doing is I understand. So by, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. So by doing this 15% minimum tax, is that going to sort of stifle economic growth that we would otherwise have? Uh, Well, I mean, there's a contingency of people who, uh, who who think that that will be the case because when I mean, you look at what's happening to Amazon right now. Mm-hmm. I was reading an article that said that there are tons of Amazon workers who um, who are increasingly wanting to unionize and yeah. who are asking for a huge salary increase because, it, understandably, kind of like the Walmart strategy, where at Walmart they teach their employees how to get food stamps how to get government handouts. So when we talk about corporate welfare, it's not just corporate welfare in terms of tax write-offs, but it's also them teaching their employees how to take advantage of everyday welfare that they should be taking care of, not the U.S. government. That's so fucking absolutely ridiculous. So there's a lot of concern that if you look at a business like Amazon made $197 billion dollars off of yeah. uh, profit last year. Mm-hmm. And mind you, last year was a bit of an anomaly because it was part of the peak of the pandemic. So more people were buying stuff online. Mm-hmm. But, um, and this is where my math is going to be a little off because just like us, when we're filing our tax returns, we have how much we made in our salary and then how much of that is actually taxable, right? Yeah. And um, and so, but let's just go with the number $197 billion. They either pay $0 to the government mm-hmm. or with this law, they would have to be responsible for at least $30 billion mm-hmm. in taxes. Okay. Um, And so I see that as a win, but then the concern is, and this is why the bill may be ironically titled, as we know, when these businesses have to fork over money, they're not, (laughs) they're doing it by passing off these costs to consumers. Okay. In addition to that, I have another question, which is, is it possible that because of this text, they would move it over move operations overseas or is that handled by the other i know that globally they've been working on minimum tax for the whole world and i don't know if this is related to that but is that a concern with this? I, it depends on the company i don't think in amazon because in amazon you have to have so much of that business mm-hmm. here 
you know, you have of, to have sure for places where you're storing your goods and the, the yeah. shipment okay. and. Right. I'm sure that's, that's not something we can really answer because it's complicated accounting that relates. Yeah. Like who knows where that, well, yeah, I, I don't know. So I, I think that this 15% thing is, um, I, I think mm. ultimately it is a, a good thing. I think it's important that people have been complaining for a yeah. long time that these businesses and it, don't pay. I their feel fair like, care. and I agree with you, but I also think like, I know we're so like, yay, rah, rah, capitalist, but at some point, why can't we talk about price controls for some of this shit? Like, that's just, we're not allowed to even suggest price controls, but like, why can't we control prices and say just like we did for the or there did in this bill for the for the Medicare, right? The price that Medicare. Wait, those drugs that go can only go up by the inflation. Was that just for Medicare? Or is it for all drugs? It's well, the, the I'm sorry, not for all drugs. For I, I the mean, government to negotiate yeah. is dealing with Medicare, but yeah. that has an that Medicare price, mm. pharmaceutical prices impact prices for other consumers okay. as well. Right. Theoretically. But I'm but I mean, why can't like we have price controls like in in France, they have a price fix. The government determines the price of bread. Why can't we do shit like that here? You know, because it would be seen as socialism. Yeah, exactly. OK. And, and we believe that we have uh, a check and balance in place. A what? With, chicken? Like a, chicken? a check and balance. Oh. Like so, for instance, one of the things that makes looking at CPI or inflation really difficult mm -hmm. is that inflation is like whack-a-mole. Yeah. And so right now, one of the reasons why there was 0% inflation from June to July, but we're still 8.5% year over year, mm -hmm. is that gas prices have continued to go down and down and down and down, right? But just as gas prices are going down, the cost of other goods are going up. Sure. Like if I go to I, I go to Chipotle and for me to get a burrito, mm. a soda, and chips and queso is over twenty dollars. What? Now yeah. Jesus. It's ludicrous. It's absolutely ludicrous. Mm. And so just as you're hitting down one thing, something mm. else pops up and it's place. Yeah. So let's say that the cost of goods starts going up mm -hmm. then people say well i don't want to spend money on a playstation or you know whatever yeah, these yeah. other items are mm -hmm. i want to start doing more with services mm -hmm. so then the price of planes go up the you know yeah. traveling going to hotels airbnbs sure. and yeah, yeah. so that's one of the reasons why inflation is really tricky mm -hmm. to deal with because just as you get one sector un under control mm -hmm. something goes out of control in another way so i was listening to this dude on democracy now and he had a totally different take on all this which i thought was fascinating maybe it's not totally different but what he said is i mean he's clearly coming from the more socialist perspective and he basically said that this inf he's saying inflation isn't that bad Partially because um, inflation makes the value of other things increase, like your your um, God. I'm going to do a terrible job of explaining, but certain things that um, you pay regularly, like your, maybe your that 
some things don't go up in price and actually go down in price because they're not increased. So the value, because because you're getting more, assuming you're getting a higher salary to compensate for some of the inflation, it actually makes other things that don't change in price a little cheaper. That sounded kind of cuckoo. Forget about that. That doesn't even make sense. I'm not explaining. But the other thing that was interesting is he said that they're, they're using this tool, the interest rates, to bring in order to fight inflation as sort of like almost like a fa- false flag, not a false, but a false operation, like it's deceitful because what they're doing is they're using it as, because the problem is, and I'm not saying I agree with this, I'm just telling you what they were saying. But basically what's happening is so you have a lot of unions forming, you have r- workers that have all these, all this leverage now because there's the, the job market is so tight. So everybody, you know, we've had never had better employment than we do now so the em- employers are starting to flex their employees are starting to flex their muscles saying no we want these rights we want this we want this so the employers are saying no we better stop that you've got to like we need a recession because we got to show these employers who's boss employees who's boss literally and we're going to pretend that it's just to fight inflation i i don't think so i mean so employment is a lagging indicator Mm -hmm. of a recession so part of like the way that we look at bubbles and we talked a little bit about this on Mm -hmm. our show before but so a lot of the reason why we have amazing employment right now Mm -hmm. um are very low unemployment i think it's like three point something percent it's it's super duper low right but it's not based on the fundamentals of our economy so one of the things that we talked about the last time we talked economy on your show Mm -hmm. was how you look at like um growth stocks you look at you know companies like uber who took yeah it took them a decade before they were able to turn a profit um if your company is not profitable, but people are speculating on your stock, that's how you're getting your income to pay for employees. Yeah, sure. And that is why we're seeing businesses like Meta and Carvana and, you know, like all of these big tech companies engage in hiring freezes, which come first, and then doing mass layoffs. Mm-hmm. I just read a thing about how like Compass uh, Compass is about to lay off a ton of people. And really a great way of what barometer is Compass? for this a is real to estate company? sign up. Sorry. The Compass is a real estate company? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, a- another good way of checking this is I was never on LinkedIn before. I just kind of never got it. But LinkedIn is a really good place to go to because it's social media. And when people lose mm-hmm. their jobs, they'll post like their pink slip notices. Really? So you can, yeah, you can mm-hmm. kind of get a sense for um, where the economy is at. So mm-hmm. the first point is, is that our employment figures are largely based on this like, um, ideally our employment would be based on what we're actually producing that earns profit. But that's not what it is when you're in a bubble. So much of that is based on speculation. Okay. Um, yeah. Where you're, if you're meta, you're hiring like five people to do the job of one person. Mm-hmm. You know, if you could really oversee them and make sure they're on target and doing what they're supposed to do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So um, wh- I think what is going to happen next is 
we're going to continue to see layoffs and spikes in unemployment Mm -hmm. can happen pretty fast. It's not like the housing industry going down, which can take years to do. You can see doubled unemployment rates over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. When things start going south, they go south very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so what I think will end up happening, and this is where I partially agree with some of the things that you were laying out, these companies are going to say, okay, the people who refuse to come back from work from home mm-hmm. when we ask them to, goodbye, you're the first ones we're getting rid of. They Can have- I just say for me? Yay, because I need a vacation so bad. <laughs> Yay, uh, jazz hands. So we're, we're, we're due for some really scary times. Mm-hmm. Now, that unemployment is going to... it. So we look at increasing interest rates. Increasing interest rates had to be done because the price of goods, the price of housing is totally removed from fundamentals right now. Like the house of pricing is 10 times what what an average salary is when I've, you know, I've told right. you before how it used to be like mm-hmm. three or four times, right? Mm-hmm. Home prices, median home prices have um, appreciated, I, I think like something insane, like 40% over two years. Yeah. But you look at wages and wages have gone up maybe like 5%. Sounds like education. Um. So... What will end up, so when you increase the cost of borrowing money, Mm -hmm. it makes it more difficult for people to then turn around and invest that in speculative growth stocks. Right. When they can't make those investments, these zombie companies can no longer keep people on their payroll because they literally don't have the money coming in. Right. So you get fired from your job. Mm-hmm. which by the way, you were being in part compensated on top of your huge salary with stock in mm-hmm. the company, which you used as leverage to buy your home. So once these people get laid off, the house of cards comes tumbling down mm-hmm. and it also brings inflation down because these people no longer have money to buy goods and services. So you're suggesting the house of cards starts falling with these growth stock companies because their speculation their speculation as the 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 cost of borrowing goes up people aren't going to invest in them their stock starts to plummet and then they can't afford these people who they really never needed in the first place and that then the domino effect is going to affect maybe people in more traditional jobs is that what you're right right and a lot of businesses what's the time frame what's um, the time frame what the i think like something like 40 percent of tech Mm. companies or zombie companies in other words they don't make profit so what's what's the time frame as far as you see because i think the stock market's still still relatively okay right um no, i haven't well, been following so we are in a we're in a bear market uh-huh. and we were in, a, in the midst of a rally but okay. um a pretty significant rally but if you look mm-hmm. at history the most like some of the biggest spikes in the stock market have mm-hmm. been uh have been traps where like the we go into a bear market, things mm. start to dip, then we get a little spike up and people are like, oh, okay, we can buy the dip now. Things are going back up. And then that is followed by another huge yeah. crash. Yeah, um, that shit happens in Bitcoin all the time, yeah. Okay, so so, so where, yeah. in terms of time frame, where do you see us? Where do you see this? Just, where do you think? I, 
think that we'll start, I mean, we already see pretty big layoffs happening um, across Mm -hmm. many sectors. Um, I think that 2023 is when we're going to start um, seeing some, you know, relatively significant increases in um, unemployment. So like Mm -hmm. 2023 through 2024, Mm -hmm. um, I think, and I I think that this recession, I don't think it will be the great recession, but Mm -hmm. I think it will be one that is not going to be that easy to get out of. And I think inflation is going to be pretty sticky for a while as well. Uh, Okay. So anyway, back to our build back worse or whatever we call it, this inflation Mm -hmm. reduction, but not really act. Oh, yeah. So another part of the 15% minimum Mm -hmm. tax is they're also um, including a 1% tax on corporations that buy back their stocks. Okay. So that's... What does that mean? Because that confuses me. Okay. So, um, and I may be getting some of this a a little off, Mm -hmm. so feel free to correct me, anybody who's listening. So... Yeah. One of the things that when companies become flush with money, mm-hmm. they start buying back stocks. Mm-hmm. So like when you go public, anybody can buy, you know, interest in your company. Yeah. Right. And so, but if you're a profitable company, let's say that you're Chevron right now or, you know, Exxon or whatever, you want to be the one profiting off of that and Mm -hmm. you're making more profit if you own your own stocks right and but if you need money one of Mm -hmm. the ways that you can make money in the here and now is to sell those stocks off okay so 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 what does this do related to one percent again now that we know that so when let's say that you're Exxon and you're like, Hey, we, cause they've made record profits as these gas prices mm-hmm. have gone up astronomically. Of course, it makes sense that you want to get your stocks back. So when you buy back your stocks, you now have to pay 1%. Uh, like a fee to who does it, who gets 1% who from who well, who? 1% tax. Oh, so think of it, so okay. think of it this way. At Got the it. end of the year, let's say that you have mm-hmm. a stock portfolio oh. and you have to pay, I mean, yeah. this is the part that is super maddening because my guess yeah. is that I would have to pay, I only have an IRA Roth, which yeah. you don't, um, which works differently right, tax-wise. Right. You pay the tax but, when you put it in instead of when you take it out. Right, yeah. right. So, but like most people, mm-hmm. they have to, pay taxes on whatever profits they make in their stock, right? This is kind of like the opposite of that, that if you're going to buy X amount of your stock back, then you have to pay 1% of that to Mm -hmm. the government. Well, that sounds good. Yeah. Because I I know those buybacks have been a huge problem. I know when that Trump tax tax thing that he passed, they use, it seems like most of the companies, they use their tax breaks to buy, buy, to use it for buybacks, which was a huge well, yeah, and this is another thing that we've talked about before mm-hmm. is that this is a trickle up, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons why we have an increasing divide between haves and have-nots in our country mm-hmm. is based on the stock market because if, like, look, it sucks when the price of gas goes up, um, but 
that money, the people who get rich are the ones who can own stocks in that in those companies that are making these huge profits mm-hmm. right now. Right. So it's even though you're paying more at the gas pump, mm-hmm. you're losing more money, but the rich, the ultra rich are getting exponentially richer Absolutely. based off of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the thing that we cut where we might have some disagreement mm-hmm. on is another part of fight. Let's this fight. is mm-hmm. there's a lack of adequate enforcement um, okay. with the IRS. And yeah. so the IRS may like see that somebody who is super rich mm-hmm. is fudging their taxes, but they don't have the teeth to go after the person because there literally isn't the mm-hmm. workforce power to conduct the audit yeah. and then, you know, do what needs to be done. And so this tries to close that loophole by spending, I think, you know, what did we say? Like $80 billion or something I don't on. It was a lot. Yeah. Like hiring thousands new agents. and thousands of new IRS yeah. agents. Well, hopefully um, they'll work from home and won't really do anything. And so, Madge, your concern, the question that you asked (laughs) was, are these new IRS agents only going after the super rich? Because that's what that's what the kind of the letter of the law. That's what I had read was going to happen before this really got signed is the idea was that what I had read is that it's only going to the, the new enforcement would only. And I understand what you're about to say contradicts that based on stuff that's happened since, but that it was only going to affect the new enforcement agents would only go after people making over 400 K a year. Right. Now what you saying kind of contradicts that, which some stuff that came after, which you can explain, right? Yes. So that's not really um, what is going to happen. Mm -hmm. So it's not that. So they're hiring all these like people, for the IRS, but they're not saying, okay, all these new hires are only going to be targeting people who make $400,000 or more. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I can't even imagine what that would be like logistically. Although there are Republicans who said, hey, if this is kind of like what you're going after, then there needs to be a provision in the bill that says all of these new IRS people aren't going to go after small businesses. So this um, guy Caputo, or Crapo, it can't be Crapo, right? Crapo, whatever it is. So Crapo, who's a Republican, as I understood it, um, from that article in New York Post, said basically he was trying to put forth an, uh, uh, he put forth an amendment that would have forced those new agents to only go after the the high revenue folks the 400 plus and in order to sort of protect as he put it small business owners and so this was a republican trying to do this but it was defeated by the democrats am i wrong i that's correct so that isn't that surprising that surprises me because shouldn't aren't the democrats supposed to like just tax the rich and protect the middle class Why, why would they do that well, like I said, it's it's one thing to say, mm-hmm. I get the spirit mm-hmm. of that. I understand the spirit of that. Yeah. I don't understand logistically how that works. Like, think about that. So we're going to, let's, we're going to open a new, 
I know like the IRS has offices in Austin. Yeah. We're going to open a new building and in this building or on these floors, here are the new people. And they're only going to be looking at files of people who make X amount of dollars or more. Like it just doesn't. Why not? Make- why not? I don't understand why that's logistically I, difficult. I just don't think that's the way that reviewing IRS documents. I mean, they're, they get flagged by computers. So a computer was flagged and say, here's your case to work on. Right. So here's the case. This is what you get. You get this. You get this. So I, I don't understand why it would be different. Part difficult. of this is naive, uh, like I'm naive yeah. because I've always taken the standard deduction. Yeah. I've never had to do an itemized deduction. Now, I well, will I say do. that. I'm a small I business have- person. I have been a small business owner right now. Well, I am still because my spouse has a small business, which is a Amazon business, and I do have to itemize. And it's already horrific because it's a fucking shit ton of work. And if I didn't itemize, we'd be paying an order of mag- thousands and thousands of dollars more because I have to deduct all of his expenses at, or hers. And so... And and then this got what made me really skeptical of Democrats, to be blunt, is when I found out that the American Recovery Act from last year, which the Democrats did, included this new ch- this change, which basically requires uh, payment companies like Venmo, uh, PayPal and Cash App to report any income over six hundred dollars to the IRS, whereas before it was twenty thousand. So it means it's, you know, and then people will come back people defending a lot of Democrats, because I went all over this on Twitter, a lot of Democrats defendants say, well, if you're not breaking the law, you shouldn't be afraid of anything. But the problem is it's not just about breaking the law. It's about all the fucking paperwork you have to do now, because the, you know, you have, now you have this piece of paper from PayPal, from Venmo that you have to file. And then you have to make sure that all of your deductions, all of your income matches it. And then you have to make sure that you are able to, you know, deduct whatever you can. Cause now that you do that, you have to do the deductions properly. And the fact of the matter is a lot of people, th- let's just, let's just talk real. A waiter. I mean, this is reality, right? I'm, I'm just going to keep it real. Oh, a, as a waiter, right. hypothetically, I, Hypothetically, yeah. in my dream when I was a waiter, yeah. I never, ever, I every right. time I went in there, I never reported my cash tips. Right. So, like, an, so, so a typical, like, somebody who sells shit on Etsy, for example, is going to do the same fucking thing. So, they may get their money previous to the American Recovery Act, they may have gotten maybe $10,000 in payments, but they didn't report it because they knew that nobody would report it to the government in the exact same way as a waiter, you wouldn't report your cash tips. So suddenly, suddenly after the American Recovery Act, they have to do it. So they're out a shitload of money. So they're already going out. And these are so these are gig workers that they're going after. And yeah, those people legally and ethically, you could argue they should have been paying their taxes all along, just like you as a waiter should have been reporting that. But the reality of it is nobody's going to report shit that they don't have to. That's just the fucking reality. So the so what what ended up happening is a lot of these gig workers are screwed for the American Recovery Act because of this. And by the way, the only payment company that I know of that was exempt from all this is Zelle. And guess why? Because Zelle is embedded in Citibank and Chase. So they're in bed well, with the big guys. And they so don't we have are to speaking run. very hypothetically uh-huh. <laughs> right now because we just don't know the way that this will play out. But my well, guess... Well, I, I know about... What I'm talking about is in the past for the American Recovery Act. All the stuff I've been... All the okay. stuff I'm talking about is already the case. Yeah. What, what you're talking about with the tax, yeah, that's more hypothetical with the tax enforcement. So, well, I'm just much, afraid. I guess I'm just afraid that it's going to be similar. 
Um, I don't trust. Well, my gut reaction to that Mm -hmm. would be that, Mm -hmm. or my guess is that the IRS needs, Mm -hmm. I hate using the word manpower because it's sexist. Lesbian Um, power. Workers, more workers. Mm -hmm. They need to put some teeth into this. uh, They they need enforcement. Not so much when it comes to average everyday people who are fudging their taxes. Mm -hmm. But let's say that you're going after Trump. Or somebody, you know, of that yeah. ilk. Yeah. And these people have tons of attorneys yeah. that they're dealing with. Yeah. That in order to go after them, you really have to have your ducks in a row. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a thing called forensic accounting mm-hmm. that is very common, like, in, um, like, uh, divorces and stuff when there's a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know? So let's say that you, let's say Melania and Donald are getting a divorce and yeah. Donald's like, okay, here's how I need to hide my money. So Melania doesn't get more. Mm-hmm. And so Melania would need to hire a forensic accountant to figure out where yeah. the hidden money is. In fact, they just did this with Alex Jones. Right. They hired, they yes. hired the forensic accountants That's because right. he kept saying, I have no money. I have no money. I have no money mm-hmm. when he has a ton of money. Right. Yeah. It's just like when they check, when they'd have to track, um, like for like, um, ransom payments on Bitcoin, they use forensic accounting to check the blockchain. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that stuff doesn't come cheap. So m- again, yeah. this is just my guess mm-hmm. that, you need this sort of enhanced workforce mm-hmm. when it comes to stuff like this. I think it may be uh, like I understand we should always be, mm-hmm. you know, have a raised eyebrow and, and treat these things suspiciously. Yeah. But really, the IRS isn't all that concerned with somebody who's making, let's say, you know, sixty thousand dollars a year. But see, or, I just, you know, I just don't agree with that based on my experience as a small business owner i'll give you an example so i owned a hair salon gosh 20 years ago in florida and i had to go to a professional accountant because you know it was just too hard and he and i would get these weird bills from time to time it would just say like a bill for like 50 dollars irs my accountant would just say pay it i said but what is it he's like i don't know but if you contest it it's just going to cost you more than it does to just pay it. And I said, well, what's going on? He said, this is what they're doing. This is how the IRS is getting is getting revenue in the Bush administration. They just, they don't see the problem is that as a small business owner, I'm not funding anybody's campaign. I'm nothing to these people. I am fucking nothing. I'm just one vote. But these corporations who, who really aren't paying their taxes and these rich people, they represent a fucking shitload. They can make or break an election. So instead of going after them, they're going after their nickel and diming people like me sending $50 bill here. My mother got $150 uh, thing she had to pay. Exact same thing. And that was that was just a few months ago. And I had a, she, she, she couldn't even make the payment. It was such a pain in the ass with the, your account numbers and shit. They nickel and dime people. This is what the IRS does. This is its track record. They are not to be trusted in this regard. They go after the middle class. And I'm fortunate. Unfortunately, I'm seeing, based on what I saw happen with the American Recovery Act, I'm seeing the Democrats do the exact same thing. And I'm willing to be open-minded, but I will tell you this. If this turns out to be another bait and switch, if this makes my ta- if this may- means I'm screwed, there's no way in fucking hell I'm bo- voting for Biden again. There's no way okay. in fucking hell. I'll let Trump win again if that's what they're going to do to me. Can because in the bottom, a, what, a, what matters yeah. is me. What matters is how it affects me. And I think I'm not the only one. 
Well, no, I agree with you. It, mm-hmm. it would matter to me. Like, let's say that this uh, this bill were going to increase no. my the, the taxes. That, and let me just say, because I've run a yeah. few like hypothetical scenarios with like condos that I would purchase mm-hmm. because, you know, they they make everything so fucking difficult. Oh, yeah. Nothing can be straightforward. Oh, so no. let's say that I buy a condo for five hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And then the the uh, the broker's like, yeah, but you your monthly payment won't actually be that because you're going to be able to deduct the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the um, your your interest sure. and your 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 tax payments. And so right. it's actually going to be less than that. You have to do all of this math mm-hmm. to figure out what the fuck am I paying? That's right. And even when I try to figure out my taxes, mm-hmm. because I've done this all on Excel, I have tons of Excel yes. sheets now where I'm trying yes. to get my head in the game. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're in a tax bracket and you pay X percentage. No. No. If you make a hundred to like $185,000 or whatever the bracket is, you pay mm-hmm. X amount of dollars, everybody in the bracket, Plus twenty four percent of however much the it, mm-hmm. it's so and difficult and, and it's also classist in a way and and by classist I don't mean traditional caste like in, in India I mean classes in educational how how educated you are like are you a blue collar worker who you know who doesn't know how to fill out a 1040 form themselves and it were, you know what i mean like a bus driver or are you an educated person who went to college like you who knows how to work the system so the people who work the system but i know uh, I, i'm educated yeah. and i have no fucking clue but what guess I'm what you're still a lot better off than some joe schmo who doesn't yeah, know yeah. how to at least you're doing the spreadsheet at least you know how to work a spreadsheet that's the point i'm trying to say yeah yeah, I have the tools to kind yeah. of figure it out. You're trying. Uh, You're going to find the loophole. Like with me, like, um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of other examples. There's tons of examples. Well, give me a concrete example because okay. I do have to say I am one of those people where like the the uh waiting tables thing was a perfect example for me like i could really relate if you're in texas in the 1990s um Mm. and you're making 213 an hour as your base Mm -hmm. plus tips i understand where you're not entering in your tips yeah that kind of makes sense to me the etsy seller an example okay an etsy seller is the exact same thing i can give you the it's hypothetical but like an etsy seller who sells t-shirts Right, who made ten thousand dollars in two th- in twenty nineteen? Uh, they would have to pay. They would l- realistically forget about legally. Realistically, they would pay nothing because that income, that ten thousand dollars, wouldn't have been reported because it came through Venmo and PayPal, right? Zero, because right. it was it was less than twenty thousand. All of a sudden, in twenty twenty, they have to pay taxes on that tw- on that ten thousand dollars which is probably going to be significant, a couple thousand. That's a big difference, which yeah, means now they have to, and they know, probably could get is. away with it. So, But maybe she spends, you know, $5,000 on materials. Okay, so yeah, so she can probably write it off if she's smart. But then you have, that's the educational thing and the class thing again. So if you're smart and you know how to work the spreadsheet, and you know how to Google things, you can probably figure out a way to even not pay that even through that Byzantine. But you have to, you know, understand how to work this Byzantine tax code. But the normal person, it's just designed to just fuck people and forget about the time. Yeah, it's designed to make everyday people yeah. fail. Yeah, and it's it, and it, it protects. It's and I believe them. they. It's and this is the problem is they should be focusing one hundred percent on the four hundred plusers 
you know, why not? I mean, why not guarantee it? And yeah, I, I don't see any reason based on my experience working in corporate tech stuff that why you couldn't earmark those people to just enforce 400k plus it doesn't make sense to me to me based on my own experience and all this stuff that i've seen in my personal life running you know small businesses and doing taxes for it is that the irs they're they're the reason they didn't do that is because they want to get a sizable chunk of that money from the middle class because there's just not enough money at the top or the, the or straight up low income people yeah. yeah i mean some of this has to do with empathy too mm-hmm. which you can't really you can't quantify empathy you mm-hmm. can't it's hard to discuss it but like I'm not going to lie. Like mm-hmm. I look at the hypothetical situation of somebody who sells something on Etsy mm-hmm. and I think, you know what? If I have to fucking pay my taxes, mm-hmm. you need to pay your taxes too. And, and that's valid. But the thing is, it's a question of who you're going after to me. It's a question of, yeah, okay, are you sh- are you going to go after this person on Etsy who has to choose between rent and healthcare or are you going to go after this guy that has fucking three fucking yeah. yachts? You know, that's well, yeah, it's, and, and this is the difference between a Trump and a Bernie yeah, Sanders. Exactly. Right? It's not everything's not equal. It's not the same. It's not like everybody has to. Yeah. Nobody's above the law. But, you know, there is this thing called reality, which is, yeah, you have to have empathy. You, you but do. Here's, here's the finger trap of it all. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is I mean, it, it it's quicksand. Yeah. You just get stuck in it. Because I look at Bernie Sanders' policies, mm. I mean, we've talked a bit about how, like, some of my um, economic philosophies are starting to skew more conservative. Mm. But I think in my heart and soul, I really believe in what Bernie is selling, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And But I feel like if we're not going to have that, then some of the conservative stuff does make sense to me. Yes, Right. And I think true, truly, I mean, what you have to do and the, the reality is we're in a world, as I always think of Edith, Edie, Big Edie used to say, you know, you're in this world, you know, you're in this world, little Edie, you know, you're in, we're in the world we have. And in this world, we have diametrically opposite, you know, political shit. And that's why I like like. So you have to like look at it like that. The guy on Democracy Now! was talking about earlier. You don't have to buy everything that he's saying, but you can take the point that, yeah, maybe there is something to the fact that corporations are using this as a way to take power away from workers. Just take that and then put make a big, you know, and put it as in the picture you're making. And then you have to just sort of take everything together and figure out how you can get the best system you can, which is the thing that I guess I kind of, do like about what they're doing here in this bill or act, I guess now it's an act because it's a law, is I do like that it seems to me a very artful and well-executed kind of compromise. And I don't, it, it's it's so hard to do it with what we have. And it is an accomplishment. My concern is what I've just said, and we'll just have to see. But I, it, I, I just have to say, though, that if it does fuck me, then I'm not going to, I'm not. Well, here's the thing. I'm, St- structurally, yeah. our national oh. economics mm-hmm. is designed in such a way mm-hmm. to continue the chasm between the haves and the have-nots. Where, But does it have to make it ever have... wider? What? Does it have to make it a ever-widening chasm? 
Oh, well, I agree with that. But mm-hmm. I, it's kind of like, um, you know, we were you were kind of dancing around. It is what it mm-hmm. is. Right. Yeah. Or the, the, the big ED quotation, like this is the reality that mm-hmm. we live in. And so, of course, we look at this bill or what's yeah. now law and we're going to say, OK, well, here's mm-hmm. the potential for low income people and middle class to be mm-hmm. squeezed and you know, here are all of the potential harms. Mm. How do we know this? Because we look at history as the indicator for what's going to happen in the future, which is kind of your point with mm-hmm. people getting like audited by the IRS. Are you right. getting nickel and dimed with these right. bills? Mm-hmm. Of course, that stuff is going to happen. But mm-hmm. at least now, some loopholes are being closed in meaningful ways, in ways that I understand. Yeah. It's, like it's, when uh, I look at yeah. the 1% buyback on tax or taxes mm-hmm. for stock buybacks, when I look at Amazon yeah. and uh, you know these other huge corporations having to pay 15% on their yeah. profits, that uh, to me is concrete. I agree. And those are incrementalist improvements that are valid and worthwhile. But- if it's going to make somebody like me or or a lot of people like me who are Democrats to get audited, it's a colossal fuck up and failure that's just going to come. And and I don't understand why Democrats would would have fought. Or why I, I'm very concerned this this crapo thing and why it was defeated and why it was a Republican. It's just concerning, you know. I I just don't want this to be a monumental fuck up. You know, you can you know it can be incremental, but. An improvement, but to me, this could be a very. I'm very skeptical of that. that well, more part of it. the thing is, and is the that thing more about people the are going to get audited. Yeah. More people are going to get audited across the board because of this. Yeah. There's going to be more of what you're talking about, and it's not just going to be targeting um, the, the super rich. Yeah, what what, what like. you're concerned with happening is. But it, mm. it's baked in. It mm. will 100 percent happen. Well, it's a big mistake. It's a big fuck up. It's like the yeah. Demo- I don't understand why the Democrats can be so do something so awesome yet p- potentially fuck themselves on it. Yeah, you know, they think people aren't going to notice. I think that's what happened with the with the. I, I that was my biggest mystery. It's like I just can't figure out why they think they can get away with it, and in a way they have because like none of these payment things seem to have made it to the news. It's kind of like these big things that don't make it onto the news. What there was something recently, and I'm just like. How is it not in the news? And now I can't even remember. Like these big things, like well, some of this stuff. I mean, we talked about how housing, like yeah. housing, is huge. Right. It's huge, and you very rarely mm-hmm. see it on the news. It should be the top story mm-hmm. right now about how much of our earnings it costs to afford a mortgage right yeah. now. When you put it into historical perspective. People would be losing their shit if they knew this, but it's not a news story. And one of the reasons why is because a lot of these companies who benefit mm-hmm. from it not being a news story also control the news, right. which I know that sounds very like no, it's true. Hat and mainstream media, it's but not, it's true. I agree. And I, I think like a lot of times, like when I see these drug ads, and I've said this before, these drug ads for like, if you're blind and you know have problems sleeping at night, buy this pill. Why are they showing this to millions of people? There's like five people this applies to. And I really feel like in my conspiratorial mindset, those drug ads are just a f- fucking kickbacks to the f- network so they won't talk about you know drug prices and and medicare for our did the bulging eyes one have you seen that yeah. commercial with the blonde with the bulging no. eyes and throughout the commercial she's just 
taking off a series of sunglasses and I'm like, no, I want to see your bulging eyes. Oh, no, my mother's best friend, Lori Lopipero, has that. It's Graves' disease. It's horrible. Her eyes are like... We used to make fun of her. I am Lori Lopipero. <laughs> and she's I very nice. Her name. Hold, oh. hold on. Lori Lopipero? Lori Lopipero. And her daughter, yeah. Susie and Jeannie. I have bulging vagina syndrome. <laughs> she went to Smith College. And MPM. Of course she went to Smith College. <laughs> Isn't that where you went? My sister. I went to Vassar. <laughs> of course. Of course. So, you know, maybe we can um, end things with something a little bit more playful than, uh, but it, this was a good conversation. You well, know, I, I wanted to I, suggest something which won't happen, but it's one of my, like, I just thought it would be funny. But wouldn't it be funny to, like, try and promote this, this, whatever it is, Inflation Act, like, as if we're selling something on QVC? <laughs> You know, I was just thinking, cause no, I, don't, I don't understand. Like if we're selling it on QVC, like you and me, we're co-hosts and we're like, look at this. You're going to pay so much less taxes and we're just going to be a 5%, 15% minimum tax. And oh no, now, hold on, how about this? It, right. uh, yeah, it, this, this stock buyback is a yeah. herringbone. Yeah. It's a hair, it's a 12 Beautiful. inch gold-plated herringbone yeah. stock buyback. I mean, I, I don't know how it would work. It's just in my mind. I'm, I was watching us talk, and, and to me, I felt like we were doing like a QVC ad. I don't know why. It's just, it just seems it's so like, interesting yeah. to be like in a place in life where I actually care about stuff like this and trying You've to You've always cared, but you're out. just getting more, you're getting more educated about it, which is good because I'm not. It's too hard. <laughs> You know, I, I have a question to ask you. I mm -hmm. was talking to my therapist earlier, and I've been right, in right. kind of a rut for a number of different reasons. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm just curious to know if this is just me or other people are experiencing it. Okay. So I'm going to kind of work. I hope this doesn't start with my order. vagina. No, go ahead. So I have um, a, a a woman who I know who mm. is not really... She's not really like a close friend of mine, but every time I see her, we have an enjoyable conversation. She's very close friends with another circle of my friends. Okay. And that's how I know her. And so, so um is it's a big she, brother person. Go ahead. She she passed away. Oh. And she was only, I think, probably like 39 years uh -huh. old. I don't even think she was in her 40s yet. Yeah. And um, and I was thinking about how there and I was really sad last night, not for my own grieving. I mean, I'll miss her and I think it sucks, but yeah. you know, if somebody means a lot to a group of your friends yeah. and like, if my, if your dog passes away, I'm going to be super sad for you. And we need a word in the English language to describe that. Um, I guess it's like maybe empathy, you know, maybe that's empathy, just as, yeah. yeah, as easy as it Isn't is. It I was thinking of like schadenfreude being the opposite of what I'm talking about, but, oh. um, that's interesting too, but I but, think I should, in some ways entropy, entropy, empathy is the opposite. Somebody is sending me these horrible pictures of like open assholes. How am I supposed to have a conversation with assholes on my screen? God, I have, I can't look at this. Sorry, that's why my phone should be upside down. Was it was it empathy, Hagatha? It's that my Telegram chat. I don't know who's doing it, but they're already I'm like not, I'm, I'm getting. I've gotten multiple messages. Like I'm getting messages from somebody saying to ban this person, and then somebody else is saying ban this person. I, it's like it's turned into kindergarten. It's crazy. I love it. So what were you saying? So empathy. Oh, yeah. yeah. So 
one of the things I was saying to my uh, therapist was it, uh, this has been happening a lot lately in my life Mm -hmm. where I would say people right on the periphery of my life. In other words, people who aren't centered in my life have been passing away. And it seems like it's happened or dogs, like my sister's dog just uh, had to be put Mm -hmm. down. My, one of my best friend's dog, they, he had leukemia and they just had to put him down and it just keeps happening. And I don't know if it's pandemic like it seems like since the pandemic has started, even though I've only lost one person as a result of COVID, mm-hmm. I have been experiencing a an exponential, maybe exponential is too big of a term, but I've a marked increase in loss in my life to the point where normally if somebody in the periphery of my life passes away, I go, oh, wow, that was really fucked up. And then maybe it won't happen again for like, five to seven years. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like it's having happening multiple, like w- once every couple of months. But your, of your examples, only one was a human. The rest were dogs. I mean, what well, no, so that, that was just one example. Okay. So like a, a month ago, I had mm-hmm. a friend named Raquel mm-hmm. who I knew through going out, but she also ended up becoming a server at my favorite restaurant. And mm-hmm. Again, very friendly. We always love seeing each other. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in the room with me as I gave a guy a blowjob. I <laughs> like, um, That's I mean, just to give you an idea of when I'm saying periphery, I don't mean completely. That's literally periphery. In an, in another solar system from my friend. Was she like, like waving? Was... She's like, You're giving a blowjob, hang. Hey, giving a blowjob, don't mind me. Cool. Cool. Um, just p- pretend I'm a geranium. Literally. Um, uh, my, my mentor, mm. Dan Brower, uh, 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 died mm. last year. You know, it, it just, stuff like this keeps popping up in my life. And I was wondering, are other people experiencing these, like an uptick in loss? And- I would say, I, I don't know. I can't tell you. I don't have any statistics, but I, for me, it's, I've, I think three people I know have gone, uh, drug, died of drug overdoses slash suicide. Cause you can't, they never tell you anymore. Like if, if somebody's like addicted to drugs, they never, like if it's suicide, they'll say it's, they will never tell you. You know, I can never tell if it's an overdose or if it's suicide. So, but yeah, there's been a few, but not really. You know, I think maybe it's just your circles getting wider. I don't know. My mother was c- complaining to me the other day. She said two people she knows their their kids have died, and their kids are like my age. And I said, well, I think it's just because everybody's getting older, and you know, people die more when See, you're that's older. That's what I was said. That I said yeah. that to my therapist. I was like, because remember, there's mm-hmm. that like time of innocence when you're a kid. When if one person dies, mm. you're like, I know somebody who died, right? And it's so oh, foreign. I but have, as you get yeah. older, you have all of these concentric rings. See, when I was a kid, is when I had all that loss. I, I when I was a child. I had just so one death after the other from the time I was probably three years old. My grandfather died, then my other grandfather died, then all these crazy aunts. And I, it seems like I, my whole childhood was going from funeral to funeral. And then my second grade teacher committed suicide. Like while I had her, I was out sick with chicken pox and she killed herself and a bunch of other people died. My mother would always come home with a coloring book. And I'm like, I got so numb to it. I'm like, okay, that's nice that my teacher killed herself, but why'd you give me a coloring book? Like, that's how insensitive I was. And I'm like, oh, good, no homework. I mean, it was terrible, but I just didn't, I, I didn't, I never learned how to process it because it was so 
so early. So I guess I learned that that happened to me early. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm I, probably I, very desensitive. Not for me. Um, like some of these, I've dealt with the loss of my father. Or I've dealt, you know, like I've had more significant mm. losses in my life, but it just seems. Um, and I guess it, it's also wired, not wired in, but it's connected to this sense of existential dread that I have mm. just being in my uh, mid forties and thinking, oh, wow, this is kind of not where I expected myself to be. And mm -hmm. time is limited. Mm -hmm. And, but I'm, um, I've kind of aged out of some of my more risk-taking behavior. And what I mean by that is, you know, getting fucked with not, condoms, not like getting on a motorcycle or doing drugs or, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that, but just taking even like putting myself out there in any way to meet new people or. Mm. Well, uh, you know, I think my mantra lately is basically, it is a wonderful time to be old. You're really not old. And you know, you're not like old as me. So you're middle-aged. I'm old it's wonderful to be old in this, in this world when the climate is just worse and worse every day and everything's falling the fuck apart. It's just, it's a great time I, to be old. I, well, I get, I get that. And I get some of the humor mm. behind that, mm -hmm. but a big difference between the two of us is not mm. just age. I mean, you are at least 40 years older than I am, but True. also the fact that you are married and fat. Yeah. What about that? Uh, what about married? But, you know, like when you're married, you have uh, like think about things from my perspective as being a single person mm. during the pandemic. Yeah, I can't. That's, I do have a lot of sympathy for that because um, that seems like it'd be really hard. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's, you know, I I have a very tight circle of people on Facebook. You know, I think I have like mm -hmm. 120 Facebook friends and I share a lot on there. And there are times where I try to be reflexive about that and say, I know I share a lot of stuff on here, but please understand that mm -hmm. when something happens to me at work, I don't have a spouse to come home to to say this just happened to me. Like yeah. I need. And um, so it's. So you don't feel as a, you feel like there's things you have to do, like get married. I feel like there. Uh, well, the thing I said to my mm. therapist was, I said I am such a more compassionate, um, understanding mm. human being now. Uh, I would rather have the mindset and maturity that I have now than, let's say, the abs that I had in when I was twenty years well, old. Well, I can tell you that. That superficial shit doesn't have anything to do with finding a relationship. I think it's, and often it hinders it. The people I know that are in relationships mostly just look like me, just blobs. You know, right. the people that look, okay. that are working on their bodies, they're single. It's just, it, it, it's about being uh, happy with yourself, I think. I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. 100%. But, uh, you know, part of this is just being at a point in my life where, I recognize that it, like it was so freeing for me for my therapist to say, because I was like, I've got to get out of West Hollywood because it's, a, it's really difficult to date here because everything is so superficial because mm -hmm. everything is about bar life. You go into bars, mm -hmm. the music is so loud. You can't possibly listen to anybody. Right. So what you're saying is actually turned upside down because mm -hmm. there is no opportunity to have an intellectual exchange with anybody because right. by the way things are structured, you can only see the way people look rather than who they are. Mm -hmm. And that's why all the time people go on dates with like these super good looking people who have nothing to contribute in terms of conversation. Right. 
Well, and so, but at any rate, um, let me turn my this therapist, oh, Go ahead. My, my therapist said to me, she was like, you know, um, it's not in your imagination. Mm-hmm. Everything that you're saying about West Hollywood is completely true. Mm-hmm. And so it, I'm just like on the precipice of being able to like jump off into Long Beach, which I think will be a place mm-hmm. that is a lot better suited for where I am in yeah. life. Well, let me just, I mean, you have to, I think I can bring it back to where we started when I was talking about being sick from COVID and then being able to appreciate not being sick. Don't try to at least because, yeah, oh, it sucks. You know, I understand you want to be a partner and have somebody to come home to and all that shit. But don't, don't forget. Don't take for granted what being single is and the freedom that gives you. Don't forget that because you don't have to argue with anybody. You don't have to fucking, you know, negotiate every fucking thing in your life. You don't have to be, you know, in the same room as somebody for two years when there's a pandemic. I mean, you have a ton of freedom. You can do whatever the fuck you want to. You yeah, can do whatever I, you want to. I get it. The grass I'm just is saying, greener. just don't. Yeah. I mean, because you will, there are things you will miss when you are married. There are just, I'm just saying, appreciate those things, you know, yeah, well, and, well, and it, there, there are things about, let's say West Hollywood to appreciate right. as mm-hmm. well. But however, I also recognize that I am at a different point of my life. Mm-hmm. And I always say to people, I've aged out of West Hollywood and they kind of roll with their eyes. And I'm like, no, really, yeah. I'm at a different, my values have shifted. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you could say the same thing about having kids where you think, oh, well, God, you have to deal with a kid, you know, who's constantly needing you for stuff and it's money and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, the rewards that you would have, if you want to have a child, having a child Having, you know, I look at older people and their lives completely revolve around their kids. What will I have? Well, that's true whether you're single or not. I mean, like, that is true. The thing about kids, like, if you don't have kids and you're in a couple, you're still like, what the fuck? You know, we have two days. Do we have to plan every fucking minute? You know? Yeah. Kids, Kids are basically a huge distraction from being bored, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> I'm never bored. I'm never bored, but you know, I, uh, you know what I mean? Sometimes I have to entertain. That is kind of funny though. If you think about it, because what? it's just like, you know, you're taking something that's supposed to be more selfless, like having mm. a, a child, but really there's so much ego built into having children, both in like, this is yeah. an extension of who I am. Yeah. Plus a reason for me not to be bored. Mm. Plus when I get older, they're going to take care of me, you know? Totally. Yeah. That's funny. It's an activity. Okay. Ugh. Well, good Grom. Yeah, it was fun. I'll try to post it soon. I've been trying to post on Mondays, but I don't know. Can this wait till Monday? Yeah, I guess it can. Not like anything's yeah. going to change. God, my vagina. Oh, I'm going to be in uh Never mind. You're I can say no. I'm going on a horrible. Um, I can say because I don't like to say when I'm going out of town because I'm afraid I have this weird fear of being robbed. But then again, I do live in Chicago. But um, no, I'm going on a horrible conference. But it's just me, so my wife will still be here guarding the house. So don't rob me, anyone. Oh yeah, that's perfect. Just throw but her I, under the bus. I wanted to mention one thing because you talk about leaving West Hollywood. I live in like the Chicago equivalent of West yeah. Hollywood, which is Boys Town. And I love living here. I mean, it's full of young people, the twinks with their abs and the bars. 
but I just love to go out and watch it. It's so amusing. I mean, and it's nothing's. We we will go out, my wife and I, and sit in front of Stan's Donuts for an hour and on the bench and just watch all these gorgeous people go by. And I just fucking love doing that. So maybe you'll enjoy West Hollywood if you're not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe enjoy it if you're, uh, you know, not single. I guess I don't know where I'm going well, with that. Long Beach would be good for me I don't, because I don't know. then I'm closer to work. Yeah, I don't okay. have to commute. I can do more work stuff, and I yeah. think I have. I would have some of that element built into Long Beach. It just would be so West yeah, Hollywood. I yeah, I don't know. I don't know from West Hollywood, but whatever. Anyway, okay. Okay. It's been lovely. Thank you so much. It's been so, so great. And mm. Agatha, I, um, has she moved yet? Yes, yeah, she moved. Did the roaches come? Uh-huh. Two or three. Oh, so we far. don't know. You have to give them some time no, to call are. out she's, of boxes. She's found two or three already. And that was, as, that was as of Monday. She was on Monday's show. I think she taught, she said so. I'm not sure. But she's found two or three. She may not have been. Yeah, she's found two or three. Because she I didn't love do her anything. obsession with serial killers, too. Yeah, that too. always makes me laugh. It's nice when people start to... It takes sometimes ages for people to under, to sort of understand what I see in these people. So I'm glad that people do. Because she's so... Oh my, she's so fucking high maintenance. Jesus Christ. And you know who else is high maintenance, by the way, is Berbatia Clemens. This bitch is fucking nuts. She was here. I saw her in person two weeks ago. We went to my favorite Indian restaurant, Rangoli, and she was just, she's, she's batshit. I mean, you heard the, the recordings from years ago when she'd be like, show me a pussy, pop, pop that pussy. She talks like that to fucking everyone. It's not for the camera or the audio because we're not recording. We're in this Indian restaurant. This lady is so sweet, this diminutive little Indian lady. And she's like, is everything okay? He's like, Ooh, this shit is so spicy. I want to stab someone in the face. Oh yeah. See that would, oh, I mean, oh. I love her base on your show, but and then that she walks backwards. would be a lot for me. It's a lot, but I'm just saying my guests are all fucking high maintenance. The, 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 this, the, the, the brilliant the people that I find brilliant are fucking crazy and it's hard work. Maintaining a Hagatha is fucking hard work. Negotiating with these ridiculous things. But you well, know. I, I like I like Hagatha's ability to kind of pivot in a mm. lot of different directions. I was so thrilled when she yeah. brought up the serial killer from Houston who owned the mm. uh, candy shop who would <laughs> torture uh, young boys because I read all about him and he was active just years before I was born. Mm. And, and he's one of the most notorious serial killers in U.S. history, yet nobody has really heard of him. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. She's always delighted when you say stuff. She's like, oh, Reagan listens to me. She was on Big Brother. He was so excited. When I played that Roach clip, you sent me that Roach Queen clip. Oh, yeah. He was so excited. Like, oh, Reagan likes me. I I don't know where it is, but maybe I can play it. But I only have it on my phone. But I wonder. I I might have it. Let's see. I should be more prepared for these groms. You could just fucking say it. I'm the Roach Queen, baby. Something like that, right? Maybe. Hold on. Oh, no, I don't have it on here. It was something like... Oh, here, I found it. Wait, but it's going to be through my speaker, so it's going to suck. Let's try it. Wait. Oh, my God, baby. I want to be one with the roach queen. Oh, my body. (laughs) (laughs) My body. My body. And then other people are like, was that Debbie or Reagan doing Debbie? I'm like, it was Reagan. 
<laughs> okay, well, have a good day, Madge. Thanks. It's, um, Thanks. We'll talk. We'll talk more and be safe on your uh, your work trip. That mm. sounds like a lot of fun. A work mm. trip, yay! Mm-hmm. See ya. Okay, bye, bye honey. Bye, honey. Message two from extension five. Richard, this is Leslie, and when you were through here, you told us to turn off the copier, so I turned off the copier with the thought of saving that machine in case anything happened. Under the instruction of Mary O'Shields, or whatever her name is, head of ER, whoever you just went out with, she told me I would turn that machine on. So I've turned the machine on under duress. I want it on record that I was did so under her instructions in case anything happens. Thanks. I sixth. There's nothing left of me since my is direct to me. My tooth, my ovaries among my souvenirs. Appendix tied in blue. A gallstone here too. You'll find them all anew among my souvenirs. To delete, push six. Save, push four. Replay, push seven. To continue, push pound. Answer, push one. Message two from extension five, five, six, two was received. Richard, this is Leslie, and when you were through here, you told us to turn off the copier, so I turned off the copier with the thought of saving that machine in case anything happened. Under the instruction of Mary... O'Shields, or whatever her name is, head of ER, whoever you just went out with, she told me I would turn that machine on. So I've turned the machine on under duress. I want it on record that I was did so under her instructions in case anything happens. Thanks. Bye. To delete, push 6. Save, push 4. Replay, push 7, then 3. I do not understand this command. Please try again. To delete, push 6. Save, push 4. Message 3 from extension 6822 was received at 1.40 p.m. May 23rd. Rich, this is Chris. I got your message, and our greeting is still on. Thank you. To delete, push 6. Save, push 4. Replay, push 7, then 3. To delete. I do not understand Fuck this you. command. Please try again. To delete, push 6. Message 4 from extension 6800 was received at 3.10 p.m. May 23rd. Victor, will you be joining us and touch his heart's face? To delete, push 6. Save, push 4. Replay, push 7. Hello. To delete, 11.20 a.m. May 24th.
To replay, push 3. Replay the previous 8 seconds, push 8. Skip back to the previous message, push 2. Listen to the time the message was created, push 7. Return to home state, push pound. To delete, push 6. Save, push 4. 2. Was received at 11.40 a.m. May 29th. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. To delete, push 6. Save, push 4. Replay, push 7, then from extension 6902. Was received at 11.40 a.m. May 29th. To delete, push... Message 17 from extension 6902 
was received at 4.50 p.m. June 4th. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. I heard it. It's real big. Can I touch it and put it in my mouth? To delete, fourth. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. And I really want to suck it. Bring it over and put it in my mouth. To delete, push six. Save, put... This is Bailey. And I like it in the butt. You come over, you can put it in my butt. Please put it in my butt. Bye. To delete, push 6, 4.50 p.m., June 4th. Victor, this is D.T. Look, if I catch you with your hand in Odie's cookie jar again, nah, I'll be castrated. To delete, message 21 was received at 11.30 a.m., June 5th. Good morning, Richard. My name is Matthew Toller. I'm with PageNet here in Westchester. I'm calling right now in regards to your uh, paging system. Uh, if you can contact me back, I'd appreciate it. It's 708-409-1100. My office extension is 6425. And the time right now is approximately 1130 a.m. on the 5th of June. Richard, I hope you're having a great day. Thank you. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. And I like it in the butt. To delete, push 6. Save, push 4. Replay, push 7, then 3. Fifth. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. And I want to do it with you. To delete, push 6. Save, push 4. Replay, push 7, then 3. Received at 11.30 a.m. June 6th. To delete, push six. Victor, this is DT. Listen, I heard that you've been putting it to Odie, and I don't like it. I'm the only one who's allowed to put it to her. So stop it. Bye. June 7th. This is Mrs. Bailey. Where are you? To delete, push six. Save, push four. Replay, push seven, then three. You know, I I I I I, I want to get a job there with the, the, the computers. I, I'm going to start com, about, about computer school next week, and, and I want you to hold a place for me with your com, about computers because I know when I do learn computers, they will be good for me to do, and you won't be able to. Uh, uh, work without me. So please, save me a place because I will start school next week. And my name is Tiddly, Tiddly, T-I-L-L-I-E, Winks, W-I-N-K-S. Don't forget, I, I will I will be getting back to you, but I don't know when because I don't know how long the class is. Okay, okay. What's your name again, please? Oh, I can't answer you because you're not there. Huh. Oh. Well, I'll get back to you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bailey, are you planning on leaving me? You can't do that to me because I won't allow it. And you need to punch me in the butt because that's what I like. Bye. Bailey. And we got cut off earlier, but 
I want you to tell me why I'm not good enough for you anymore. <clears throat> Where are you, Victor? Victor, has my rectum lost its elasticity? Is that the problem? Yeah. Hyman? Hyman? What about this yeast? Hyman? Hyman, I got 50 pounds of bad yeast. Hyman? You better make good on it. Fifteenth. To delete, push six. Hi, Richard. This is Jackie Gonsolin. I'm calling because I won't be in tomorrow. I have strep throat. I went to Dr. Abbas yesterday, and she gave me some antibiotics and a special type of antibiotic to gargle with. So I'm not going to be able to come along because I can't talk. So I called you at home, but there was no answer. So that's why I'm calling you and leaving this on your phone mail. I called Natalie, and she said she was on vacation. Although she would try to get this message to you, so she'll probably be calling you a little later. And I also called to let Melissa know. Thanks, Richard. I'm at home if you need to talk to me. Seven eight four one one six eight. Thanks. A.M. June 17th. My throat hurts because I'm ugly. To delete, push 6. Save, push 4. Replay, push 7, then 3. 17th. Hi, Richard. This is Jackie. I'm calling Jackie Gonsolin. I'm calling. I just left Dr. Abbas's office. <clears throat> and she wants, oh, excuse me. She wants me to stay off tomorrow. She says she thinks I should be. She recommends off tomorrow. And then she told me to return to work on Wednesday. So I'm calling to let you know. I already talked to Melissa. And I told her. And she told me that you were in a meeting, so that's why I'm leaving this. But if you need to talk to me, my number is 784-1168. Thanks, Richard. And once again, I won't be in tomorrow, but I will be in on Wednesday. Thanks, Richard. Bye. I just wanted to say happy Friday of July, Richard. Where are you? You're out of town till the 8th? I don't think that's right. You should work holidays, too, like other people. Well, anyway, have a good one. M, July 8th. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. Are you be fucking me? You've been gone for a week, and I think it's time that you fucked me. Hi. What are you wearing? Is it tight? I need you. Where are you? Bye. To delete, push 6. Save, push 4. Replay, push 7, then 3. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. And I'd just like to apologize for all the inappropriate messages I've been leaving you. It's just that I heard that you can go and go and go like Kyra. And that it's really big. And that turned me on. But I'm sorry. Bye. To delete, push... Oh, this is Mrs. Bailey. I've got to ask you a 
you would suck me up the butt. Bye. To delete, push 6. Save, push 4. Replay, push 7, then 3. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. And I like it in the air and in my face. If you come over, you can suck me out and come on the face. To delete, push. And me and Chung D, that's super Chung D. Want to see your big one? So bring it over. Bye. To delete. Oh, well, this is Mrs. Bailey. And Bailey wants to pop. To delete, push six, save, push four, replay, push seven, then three. This is Mrs. Bailey. To delete, push six, save, push four, replay. Message 44 from extension 6902 was received at 11.40 a.m. July 15th. Push six, save. Message 45 from extension 5559 was received at 11.40 a.m. July 15th. Oh, you like her more?
heavy and it smelled bad. I had heard he could go and go, but the stench and the discharge slowed him to a stop. Bye. BPs are smart. BPs are hot looking. BPs are morally superior to us in every way. BPs are neat. BPs are great. BPs make my snatch hurt. Oh, that was bad. I quit. To delete, push six. Save, push four. Replay, push seven, then three. To delete, push six. Save, push four. Replay, push seven, then three. This is Mrs. Bailey. Can I leave the Astro Glide lube at your place? I need it because my snatch is dry as a mummy. Bye. To delete, the Dr. Chenault just called and said she wanted to slurp on your big, fat, uncut goodie. To delete, push six. Save, push four. Richard, it's Mrs. Bailey and Dr. Phil is fussing, so if you can possibly fix his uh, directory today, it'd be appreciated. Thank you. I'm here today and you're away. How come? Huh? You think you're a big shot now because you got to do bicycle. I had a bicycle when I was younger, too. Bye. Hey, Richard, how you doing? This is D'Angelo Parker from MCI One. I received your information over the uh, Internet, and I was calling to answer any questions that you may have about MCI One. Give me a call at 1-800-456-8630. Thanks a lot, Richard. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. And it sucks a big gnarly one here. To delete, push 6. Save, push 4. Replay, push 7, then 3. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. I forgot to tell you. Bailey wants to fuck. Bye. To delete, push six. Save, push four. Replay, push seven. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. And I hope just because you have a severe sinus headache, it doesn't mean you're Mr. Bluestein, my name is Debbie Williams. I'm calling from Palmer Research. I just spoke with Mr. Frank Solari, and he asked me to give you a call, and I was wondering if you could please return my call at 708. Good morning. This is Jerry Tebow returning your call from Data General. Rich, I got your message this morning. I was trying to track that information for the order. If you can give me a call back, the only order that I see is for, um, looks like 36 of the... Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. And I can't fuck. Unless I have a pouch to carry my B.O.N. Bye. To delete, push six. Save, push four. Re Richard, this is Jackie. I'm doing the, we had a fire drill this afternoon, and Dr. Thor couldn't get through because there was only one operator. Well, the gist of the story is that he wants us to make a note and that it be put in policy that there is no drill unless there are two operators on. He doesn't want a drill with only one operator. So um, Melissa knows the, the 
the gist of the story, too. So if you don't get this before, you know, I leave at 2.30 and talk to Melissa. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Richard. Andrew. It is about 3 o'clock on Friday. Um, give me a call back at work, 835-9414. You can give me a buzz tonight, but um, it would be helpful if I knew when to pick you up besides the 30 range. Give me a buzz. I'll be able to find at the concert. Bye. Good afternoon, Rich. This is Jerry Tebow returning your call from Data General. I have not gotten a confirmation of that. Um, I don't believe it's actually going to ship out today. I can't tell from my systems whether this stuff... Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. And I want to know what your mail lover has that I don't have. Is it a big, strong, like young, young Iron? If so, I could strap one on and give it to you. If that's what you're into, I'll miss you this weekend. Bye. To delete, push six. I just wanted to tell you that you're never in your office. And another thing, that picture of you on your front door, that looks just like you when you were younger. I'll talk to you later. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. I don't like Don Roberts either. He's a lousy fuck. He only won about two strokes and then he can't. He doesn't go and go like Yiram. Yum, yum, Yiram. And this is us. To delete. Hi, Richard. This is Denise from Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Illinois. Uh, I was returning a call you had left regarding an XHP0969. I wanted to let you know that I've reactivated this for you. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. I want a box. To delete, push 6. Save, push 4. Replay, push 7, then 3. There's nothing left of me. Since my hysterectomy, my tubes, my ovaries among my souvenirs, appendix tied in blue, a gallstone here too. You'll find them all anew among my souvenirs. Richard, this is Leslie, and when you were through here, you told us to turn off the copier, so I turned off the copier with the thought of saving that machine in case anything happened. Under the instruction of Mary O'Shields, or whatever her name is, head of ER, whoever you just went out with, she told me I would turn that machine on. So I've turned the machine on under duress. I want it on record that I was did so under her instructions in case anything happens. Thanks. Bye. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. I want a box. To delete, push six. Save, push four. Replay, push seven, then three. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. You sound a little down. Do you want a box? Would I make you feel better? Bye. To delete. Hello. My name is Fleischman. My dad owns the Fleischman Yeast Company. Now, yeast is a very important matter in your life. Yeah. Hello. And I just wanted to say, but free as free as the moon glows, as free as my heart grows. You know who you look like, kind of? He's here today, and I kind of looked at him close. 
and he looks kind of like your twin brother. You look like Harry Monkey. Yeah, you do. Well, I have to go now. And if you need yeast, just let me know because it's on sale next week. Bye. Bye. Free as the moon glows. As good as my heart clothes, I'm ever longing for you. Let's pray. Bye. Hi, uh, Richard, this is Holly Polis from ADP. I'm a field service representative, and I was actually asked to give uh, Maynard a call, and he referred me to you in regards to the general ledger. Um, t- I'm calling because I'm sick again. I had to be examined for approximately one half hour in ICU by Dr. Abbas. To delete, push 6. Save, push 4. Replay, push 7, then 3. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. DT was giving it to me from behind, and I thought of you. Bye. To delete, push 6. Save, push... Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. Are we going to do it? And watch. And one. Let me know. I want you to do it to me from behind. Bye. And O2 was received at 4.20 p.m. August 6th. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. Can you send that big Schwarza over, the one with the butt odor? I want him to do it to me from behind. Bye. Richard, listen to this. Hi, this is Marge McIntyre from the Illinois Department of Public Aid, 217524. 7362. Uh, we're still looking into the Medicare problem. Hi, Richard. It's Maria. Today, about 6 o'clock, um, but two nurses that carry the 77 pagers, which is Code Blue, call me, that they received uh, a page from an outside call, and they had an outside number, which is 622 4957. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. It's not my computer. It's my box. I need you to check, Victor. I need you to bang it. Bang it hard. It's dry. Bye. To delete. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. And I just... Social services. Laurel. What? What? Well, the way it's spelled, it's like... Hi, Richard. My name is Kevin with ADP. I'm calling you about an issue that your payroll people have been having with Checkmate, the communication um, issue when they dial up ADP. Hello, this is Mrs. Bailey. Listen, I want to have a threesome with you and this Laurel. I want her to strap it on and give it to you and the keister while you do it to me in the butt. Okay? That's Laurel Leitwat. She's a beautiful white trash home health care worker. Bye. 
Hi, Richard. It's Mary Magnuson. I was talking to uh, one of the guys in Special Systems about the error message you're getting, and he was not able to confirm this, but he has a sneaking suspicion. Victor, this bad shark. I think you should fuck my cob. It's festering. That means I'm excited. Can you go and go? Like, yum, yum, yum.
today. I also let Bill from Secure, uh, Security, Bill Anderson, know, admitting I'm getting ready to call and leave this message and information systems extension just in case. Um, I'm at home, so give me a call if you need to talk to me. Thanks. Bye-bye. Nine forwarded by extension 6800 was received at 1020 a.m. October 16th. Hi, Richard. This is Jackie. I'm calling because I won't be in today. Um, my tongue is swollen. With Jackie Zurich. This is Jackie Zurich. Listen, kid. Her tongue is swollen because she's allergic to my overabundant chordee. But when her tongue is nice and fat, she can put it in your lily white hole. Call him and speak. Are we out of connections on the network? Yeah, I beat they'll see. He has But you know how to do it. No, it's, I don't know if it's connections. They kept... Hi, Richard. This is Jackie. I'm back to work today, but I'd like to, um, to let you know that I want to take a PDO day for being off yesterday. The swelling's down, so I'm feeling better today. Um, so that when... I don't know if Nellie's going to be back Monday to do the time or not, but I just want to keep you informed. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hi, Richard. This is Jackie. Just to let you know that um, I had to call American Telecom, and I spoke with Alinda there at about 1.22 from 1 o'clock this afternoon um, until maybe 1.30. It doesn't seem to have a problem now. Doctor? Hello, Doctor? Bye. 
Uh, Richard, this is Mike Call from Ameritech. Uh, we did the cut on the circuit 3FDDC204503. Everything is testing okay. If you're having any problems. Dr. Derrick. This is Dr. Derrick. I'll be coming in for a flu shot this afternoon. Will you fuck my hole? Bye. 6852 was received at 12.40 p.m. November 25th. Hi, Carmen. John Evans, how are you? Long time no hear from. I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving. Doctor, Dr. Burek, this is Dr. Burek. This is not an unsolicited sales call, but I would like you to fuck my hole. And when you were through here, you told us to turn off the copier. So I turned off the copier with the thought of saving that machine in case anything happened. Under the instruction of Mary O'Shields, or whatever her name is, head of ER, whoever you just went out with, she told me I would turn that machine on. So I've turned the machine on under duress. I want it on record that I was did so under her instructions in case anything happens. Thanks. Bye. Yes, I know. Now, yes, I am. This is Agnes Park. It's come 
to my attention that you've been calling my husband and asking if you can fuck his face. I don't appreciate that. I want you to fuck my face. To delete, push 30. Pussy, pussy, pussy. 